Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Tracy Malone. And Tracy is the founder of NarcissistAbuseSupport.com, a global resource to victims from more than 145 countries. In addition, she hosts two local support groups in Colorado, and she created a support Facebook group with more than 5,000 members. And she's a popular YouTuber on the subject. Her channel has now reached more than 800,000 survivors. Her work can also be found on her podcast. Tracy is a Sir Thriver that is passionate about raising awareness on this subject. She's excited to share the empowering story of how she turned her life around to help others do the same. Five years later, she has now spoken to, coached, and taught thousands of people divorcing people with personality disorders. She understands the behaviors and patterns, and she helps others going through the process. So, okay, everyone, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you have a friend who's a narcissist, a family member, a coworker, you are going to love this conversation. I'm speaking with Tracy Malone, who not only has lots of experience in dealing with narcissists herself, she helps others heal from the damage they cause. You're going to learn about some of the red flags they use so you can steer clear and prevent lots of additional heartache. If you're struggling to heal from a relationship with a narcissist, she has tips on that too. Buckle up. Here's Tracy. Okay, so today we have Tracy Malone with us. And if you weren't sure about who a narcissist is, what a narcissist looks like, and everything having to do with narcissists, just tune in. Don't don't even blink. You don't want to miss anything because Tracy is going to be sharing so much with us. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. So of course, this is a topic that is very appropriate to betrayal because narcissists very often can betray. So uh, let's just get started with the basics. What is a narcissist? And we'll take it from there. Well, narcissists come in all shapes, colors, sizes, men, female, um, and their behaviors really aren't something they can change. So they aren't capable, as we say all the time, that they're not capable of feeling empathy. And a lot of people say, well, what does that mean exactly? Um, they aren't able to show real emotion. So what they do is they they feed off of your story, what you're looking for, what type of person, where you've been, you know, what you've gone through. And they feed off of that and they mold their personality to what you're looking for. And mm-hmm. that means this this isn't real. And so while we we want this Prince Charming, we want this person to be perfect in all of these ways, they mold themselves to that, but it's not a real personality. And when we get fooled by it, because they'll even say they love us or whatever, but um, they very often start off with a bang and rushing intimacy and um, talking about being soulmates is something that certainly a red flag people should look for because that's the first one. Things Mm -hmm. shouldn't move that fast. And when they do, they're doing it to confuse you. They're not giving you the opportunity to really digest and understand the little like weird things that this person might be doing. Mm -hmm. Now, do, do they think they're being empathetic? 
Um, we believe that they, um, they know that they have to, this is how they, they act empathetic. They, they just mold themselves to it. I don't think they're really cognitive of the idea that um, they are incapable of something because they're, they're acting it. But then it comes a point in, in the whole relationship where they're just like, I don't want to act anymore. I don't want to be this. And, and it's, it's literally something that they have to struggle to pretend. Mm-hmm. So I've heard uh, words like love bombing and narcissistic supply. Can you speak to those? Sure. So um, love bombing happens in that rushing intimacy stage. It is something that is way over the top. It is they want your attention all the time. They can't get enough of you. You are their soulmate. And so the love bombing is, again, once designed on what you're looking for, but they're very intense. They have to see you all the time. And um, it, it, it sweeps you off your feet. And very often, Victims will talk about how in six weeks or six months they were married because they were so sh- sure that this person was everything that they dreamt of. Mm-hmm. And then the day they get married, boom, the person changes. Wow. Now, is this the kind of thing that the narcissist sniffs out? They can sense that someone will be vulnerable to this kind of thing? Absolutely. I'm actually uh, recording a course tonight on the things that our story tells the narcissist. I'm calling it green flags instead of red flags. So when we're telling them, you know, our vulnerabilities are maybe that we're lonely looking for love or, um, you know, we've got children and, and it would nice, be nice to have a partner to help. Um, so they'll, they'll look for those kind of personality traits and, and those are our vulnerabilities. But it, to them, as we tell them this story of how we've been looking for dates and going around and trying to find love, to them, it's a green flag. They know they've got you. All they have to do is mold themselves to what you're telling them you're looking for, and they've hooked you. It's a green flag to them. Wow. And this is really scary because when, you know, think about it, as you're getting more comfortable with someone, you're getting to know them better, you you, you loosen up the reins a little bit, you get a little bit more comfortable and maybe a little bit more vulnerable and you share. And it's Absolutely. in that sharing, it sounds like that's where you get into trouble. It, it's it's the most powerful tool that they have to assess whether you have strong boundaries. That conversation, if you're telling them about, you know, your um, ex-husband cheated on you and you took him back 12 times, mm-hmm. there is another green flag on the field. They're going, yippee, you know, they, she took him back. She's empathetic. So our good qualities are also used against us. You know, the fact that we can feel empathy, that we are loving and caring. And, and just with that one little story that we've stayed regardless, we had no boundaries to say, that's not right. I don't want you to cheat. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. That's giving them the ammunition. And then that's where the word supply comes in. You asked about that a little yeah, earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another reason, another part of that story that is going to be absorbed is, is what type of supply we're going to be. Because ultimately, um, it, it's, a, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but narcissists use people for what they can get out of them. And whether that is sex or money or your assets, it can also be... Um, you know, your empathy or the fact that you're a good mother, you know, and, or you want to be a mother and that's been your dream. So you're marrying someone because now you're going to be that perfect mother in their life to complete this fake picture that they can keep on their desk behind them at work. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. So see, this this sounds like the perfect storm because you have this, um, let's say, let's just take the woman and let's just the, say the narcissist is a, is a, a man. And here's this woman wants to, I guess, go into a relationship with the hopes of healing something that wasn't healed and, and feeding sort of that unmet need. And in just what she's saying, this, this narcissist is saying, wow, this is like perfect. This is a perfect setup. And then if we're an empath on top of that or a people pleaser or so used to giving, you know, above and beyond, you can really see how that could be a that the perfect storm. Exactly. Because you're telling them that you are a people pleaser in your story. You're telling them that you have no boundaries because you stayed. You're telling them things. And, and, and the thing I'm working on is really to show people how there, there's a famous quote that I love from Brene Brown. And it's, it's don't sh- share your shame story with someone that hasn't earned the right to it. Mm. And a narcissist will use this against us because I, I run two support groups here in Colorado and literally people barf out their story. It's, they, they have to get it off of their, their, their mind. It's like, whoa, that's everything. But when you do that, it, it actually harms you in many ways. The first way is it harms yourself. When you have this victim story, I was betrayed. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. You're hurting yourself every time you say it. But when you take it to the next level, um, and you, you're going, you're meeting someone that might be a potential mate, you're, you're attracting the narcissist because they're looking for those vulnerabilities, those green flags. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is if it was a normal, healthy person, you're scaring them to death and they're running away fast. So that story also isolates you from your friends and family. They don't know what to do with you. They don't know how to help you. And they'll give you stupid lines like, oh, it's just a divorce. Get over it. You have to get on with your life. You know, that sort of unhelpful friend thing. Now I can, I, I'm trying to get in the minds of everybody listening. And I know, I know some people are thinking, but I want to be honest. I mean, I want to know what I'm getting into and they should know who I am. What do you say to that? Well, the important thing is if it it was another dating situation, um, is to listen to them more slow it down yourself. That means listen to what they're saying. And if and, and I say to people, okay, well, we've got a really bad story if we were abused by a narcissist. So yes, we had a crazy ex. So if someone comes along and they've got a crazy ex story, that's, that's, that's pretty fair. Everyone at this age certainly does, right? But it's, did they learn a lesson? What did they learn from it? Mm-hmm. And the same thing is for us. Until we can extract the lesson from our story, we're probably not healed. Mm-hmm. Right. It keeps coming back in the in the form of another opportunity, which is right. a person <laughs> to teach us that lesson. So now there are narcissists and then just personality disorders. And I know people love diagnosing. So and and, and narcissism is just a term now we see so often where, you know, in the past it's not like these people didn't exist. I guess we just didn't name someone a narcissist. So can you share with us that sort of the the levels, are there levels of narcissism? Well, there's or- different types of narcissist. That narcissistic personality disorder is um, what what most people are, are dealing with. There are different levels. You've got um, a malignant narcissist. You've got a somatic narcissist. Um and they all play by the same playbook. Um, and what are the, di- just before we even go forward, what would those 
types of narcissists do? Like what makes one one type and one another? The cerebral one is where they're they're more intellectual. So they're 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 not as oh, let's see, what's a good word? They're not as sweet and charming, but they're mm-hmm. intellectual. Mm-hmm. So you, you get this intellectual feel, but then the other behaviors start to come out. So it's almost like a mask, if you would. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, a, a malignant narcissist is, is someone. Not that any of them can change, but it is a, just a higher level of almost on the borderline of sociopath. His older brother. Um, it, it's different behaviors. It's it's not only like narcissists hurt people and. It is intentional, ultimately, but a sociopath or a malignant narcissist is on the, the line of they know it and they plan for that pain and, and everything. So it's it's a different level and it's it's a much more serious thing. But no one is ever going to be diagnosed because they just don't go to a therapist. And if mm-hmm. they do, they're going to charm them and calm them, you know, so that nobody knows what they are. And so they won't really be diagnosed. What we do know is that in the United States, according to the national, um, actually the World Narcissist Abuse Awareness Day website, there's 152 million victims of narcissist abuse in the United States. Now, here's what's so interesting, too, because... When you see, let's say someone, you know, is struggling, a couple is struggling and they go see a, a therapist, a counselor, if that therapist or counselor uh, isn't really well-educated in this, it can actually do more harm than good. Absolutely. It is so absolutely important that if you are going to couples counseling and, and they recommend that you, if you have identified these behaviors, because that's how we're going to identify these people. It's these behaviors, these things. I have a red flag checklist. You can put the link below. But um, if you look at these behaviors, that's how we're judging them. We, we still can't say, oh, you're a narcissist. We can't diagnose them because you know, they're not going to go and, and we're not, we're not therapists or doctors. Mm-hmm. And even when they do go to doctors, they're, they're conning them. So it's, I don't, I say to my groups, don't care what we call them. If these are behaviors that they're doing, they are abusive. That's all we need to know. Mm-hmm. So look at that and, and make sure that the therapist is well educated in this and understands um, the tricks that they will pull to hide this from the therapist. Right. Wow. So, you know, I imagine here you are, you're in a relationship and, and you just want to be hopeful because, uh, you know, you don't want to break up a family, break up a marriage. So you, you just want to be hopeful. And, and the narcissist at this point, are they saying things to, to just win you back over again? Are they just moving on? What's typical? Well, there's three stages of narcissistic abuse, um, mm-hmm. and the first one is involves the love bombing, um, and that's the idealized state. That's where everything you do is perfect, um, and then they start to go through devaluation, where they're kind of telling you things are wrong, and they're they're being very critical of you, mm-hmm. and you start to see different behaviors, like acting differently in front of other people and by yourself is such an important thing. And everyone, if they look back, can identify, you know what? 
at home, he was a different person. But when we would go out, everyone loved him. He was so charming. He was so kind. Mm. He, he shoveled the neighbor's driveway. Everyone thinks these great things. But then you see this person that isn't that person. You'll start to see that more as, as that devaluation stage comes. They start to try to control you. And then ultimately, the last stage is to discard you. And most people, sadly, get discarded or leave a narcissist seven times before they're able to go no contact and never have to deal with them again. Wow. Okay. So I want to get there too, to the no contact part, but the, just the part of the dev, I think devalued was the second, the second stage there Uh where it's got to be. So here you are, it's like you you start thinking you're crazy, Right. Because why is it that everybody else sees this person as this wonderful, sweet, kind, warm, loving person? And is it, you know, it's like, is it me? Because I'm not, I'm not feeling that or I'm not receiving that. What do we do with that confusion? Like, how do we make sense out of that? Well, again, I think it's going back to looking at the behaviors because we are confused. But I think when people start to look at at a list of red flags. They start to read a great book like Psychopath Free or something. Mm -hmm. um, and, And you start to learn these things. You feel less crazy. Um, when, when you're, dealing with them alone and you're isolated from any kind of information, um, you will feel like you're crazy. And so there's support groups. I just built a page with 200 support groups around the country um, and, and get into them and find someone else and just say, is this what I think it is? Reach out, go onto YouTube and, and watch these videos. There's great YouTubers that are out there doing some great things that are going to make you feel less confused because now you're going to have words and go, mm. oh, that's word salad when he does that weird thing, you know? Mm. Wow. So are there times where a narcissist does change? No. They pretend. They, they, they can't really change their um, themselves. They can go back into that love bombing stage and put on an act, but they're never, ever going to be able to feel empathy. And I think... Um, Empathy is when you're, you're someone who doesn't feel it is the one that will destroy you in a, in a relationship when it is. And, and that's an important thing to note because the betrayal, the cheating, I mean, that's your expertise. And this is what the narcissist does is, you know, you were the best mom for the last 23 years and then they leave you for, you know, someone 20 years younger than you. And that betrayal is all part of the package. They aren't going to change. Now, I, I I just want to make it clear: a narcissist doesn't necessarily have to just be in in a a couple relationship. I mean, this could be a parent, this could Absolutely. be a friend. Okay, so what is what does that look like then? So, um, the if you have a narcissistic parent, um, and I did, I did not know about narcissists until after she passed, but suddenly it explained my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, a narcissistic parent will. Um, devalue you most of your life. Like nothing will ever be good enough. But um, again, the important part there is they're different in front of other people and they're putting on this show for people. But the way that they've treated you verbally and emotionally has been abusive their whole life, which unfortunately has created this this, this society full of codependence Um, And when you have a narcissistic parent, you've learned from them this behavior. You have 
two choices, two roads to go down. The first way is to um, become a codependent, people-pleasing. Let's keep the peace. Let's, you know, always walking on eggshells, always trying to um, protect everything, everybody. Or you actually start to display those, those like, personality traits and you can become that childhood trauma becomes the thing that imprints this narcissistic behavior on you to protect yourself from anyone ever hurting you again. So that makes so much sense because it's, it's so familiar on one hand. So in in it being so familiar, you seek it out because it's what you know, and then you've also learned it. So it's, it's so easy for you to become it as well. So, so what do you, what do you do when you say no contact? What does that mean? Well, there's, there's two parts of, of the no contact um, because not everyone can go no contact. And we'll explain that in a second. The other part is called gray rock. If you're, you're divorced and you've got kids, you've got to see this person. They're going to pick up the kids. You've got, it, it might be your mother and you have to go to Christmas dinner to see the other 45 family members, but then you want to do something called gray rock. So no contact is really the only way you're going to heal if you don't have them coming back. Again, that that bad penny coming back seven times, um, they're going to keep coming. And every time you think you're getting healed and then they come back. And when they come back, each time gets worse and worse and worse. And so the abuse, the, the, the time that they're good is going to get shorter and shorter because they don't have to. You know, if they've cheated on you and left and come back and then they leave and come back, this type of behavior is um, something that you you really have to stop. Mm-hmm. And the only way to heal is to cut them off of Facebook, block them, and everyone they know that you aren't 100% sure isn't going to um, become against you because they're going to smear your name. They're going to say things about you and tell lies. And if they've got a sister that you were really close to, um, they're, they're probably going to work on them first and then that sister might come after you. So, And I want to stop you here because if I tell you how many clients and, and members of my program who this who struggle with this exact topic because they say that they see them on Facebook or wherever and they look so happy, they've moved on and how did they cause me so much pain and then here they are living it up with this new person. Yeah, we call it a new supply. So, um, yeah, and and again, if we look at that, and that hurts. I mean, there is no question that you know your person is now like out on Facebook showing the world. What does that do to you? Every time you see that, it hurts you. So, if you had no chance and you just blocked them and you didn't see that, you would empower yourself. Um, so, going no contact is is all of those things. But when someone has moved on, it's really important to know that is also an act. They're not getting a better version of him. Um, they're just getting the love bombing. And, and the way that it's modeled is, again, now based on her story. So if mm-hmm. you think about, you know, your story, you want, your bar was here, right? And, and you were looking for the, the, you know, secure, happy, financially, whatever your, your, your things were then the next person might want different things. And so they might be getting the trip to Hawaii. They might be Mm -hmm. getting things that were what she needed in order for him to hook 
they will adapt and modify to that story. But it's not going to last. It's the love bombing is going to last to the normal time. And that lasts as long as they have to keep up the mask. If somebody is automatically hooked and giving them a massage every day and they've, they know they've got them, they don't have to keep up that fake pretense anymore. Mm. So the, the mask is on for as just as long as it's needed. Exactly. Really important wow. to know. And again, we told them what we wanted in this story. We've told them, I want A, B, and C. So what I found fascinating was that someone could like um, a three-legged dog with one blue eye and so mm-hmm. do you, you know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. just obscure. The, the chances of that are, are very unusual. So if someone is liking every single thing, if you're a mountain climber and, oh, well, they're a mountain climber, well, that you could have had that same interest and met mm-hmm. them through that world. But again, you, you go back to something like your favorite food is Italian food. Oh, so is mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when you look at those kind of things, they're modeling themselves after everything that you've said. They should have their own opinion. It's good and healthy for people to like different things. Right. So how do we heal from this and not be so bitter and and resentful and angry moving forward? Like, because it's so easy to think coming out of a narcissistic relationship, oh, everybody's like that. Right. right. How do you, yeah. How do you manage, how do you work through that? There's so many pieces and and no two recoveries. I, I had a girl that wanted to go to like a Betty Ford clinic and check in for a week and come back out all better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish there was something like that, but everyone's injuries are in from a different place. So you, you could have no boundaries, for example. So you have to determine, you have to go through this self-love kind of, all right, I, I didn't know boundaries. Um, you know, I had a mother that never taught them to me, so I had to learn them. Um, I learned that fear controlled me and made me make decisions. So how do you learn to control your fear and understand it? Um, Abandonment issues are huge. And I'm sure in your betrayal Mm -hmm. world, you know, that, that everyone's been abandoned to some degree and, and abandonment when I learned and read five books to give a workshop, um, abandon is, is not just, you know, daddy left when I was six. Mm -hmm. It's someone not being there for you emotionally who's in your life. So if you've been with a narcissistic partner, they've emotionally left you and and you feel abandoned, like you're not heard and and you don't know who you are anymore. So everyone's journey is going to be different as far as the recovery goes, but it's not just about doing like I've learned about narcissists. Mm -hmm. I've read and watched 700 videos on YouTube about it. That's not going to help you. There's still an accountability part. There's a lesson that you have to learn. And whether it's to learn about the abandonment or to learn about self-love or or to have that respect for yourself to say, you know what? That's not good. I don't want this. And to walk away, to have that courage. So everyone's got their own journey to heal, but getting into a good therapist, getting into a support group. I run support groups here. And again, we just listed 200 of them around the country. And um, that's so powerful to get that validation. That's how you're going to see that you're not crazy is to find other people. That's so wonderful. You're not crazy and you're not alone. And I love that you said that because I, so many people think, well, I'll just, I'll just become really educated on the topic, but Mm -hmm. you know, and and you can, you know, it's like, it's like tennis. You can't become good at tennis. Let's just say just by reading a bunch of tennis books, you have to be out there and play and get in there and figure it all out. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's the same thing here. Yes. You can understand what goes on in the mind of a narcissist and what, what, 
signs to look for and all of that, but then you have to do the work to heal. Uh, what was making you, let's say, so attractive to the narcissist in the first place, or what was making you so attracted to the narcissist in the right. first place? Exactly. It's, and it's in that story. It's, it's, it's all about things that, um, are, 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 are best qualities, um, are what attracted them to us. Because if we're caring and loving and compassionate and empathic, well, then they know they've got a pretty good deal sitting in there. Mm -hmm. If they find somebody that is, um, got strong boundaries and, and, you know, they're going to walk away. It's not worth the trouble. So, um, you do need to know all of these things. That's exercise one is to learn this stuff but then say, why me? Maybe it's codependency. Um, maybe it's just people pleasing. I've always just wanted, I've always kept the peace in my house. And so that was a role I took on and I was willing to take on their burdens because that's what I always did. Right. So how do you break those patterns? How do you heal from the betrayal by going through your course and your information so that that's one thing they can check off on the recovery box. Okay, I got that. What else do I need to know? And and release that that trauma story that we hold inside. Because when we hold that, it it's on our back. It walks around with us. And the difference between someone who has come out of the woods and is ready to trust again is that they trust themselves. So rebuilding trust in yourself is just is so key is yeah. so key so and and it's true i love that you said that because you mentioned so many wonderful qualities and and i don't want anybody to think and i'm sure that's not what you're suggesting at all that no you shouldn't be uh empathetic and you shouldn't be loving and giving and warm and all those wonderful qualities it's those are wonderful qualities for the right person right and and they're to. also wonderful qualities if you get them back you know, if, if the person is in it a hundred percent and you're not the only one giving them a shoulder massage every night or massaging their feet, they take care of you. They think about you and, and you learn what a healthy relationship is so that you're never fooled again. And I think so many women are willing to, and I've done this, uh, just this exercise with so many of my clients where I ask them, well, how much are you giving a hundred percent? How much are you getting back? Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and how's that working for you? So, but it's, it's just ask, I invite everybody, ask yourself that question. How much are you giving? What percentage and what percentage are you getting back? That's wonderful. Tracy, what do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up? Um, I, I want everyone to know that there is life after a narcissist and that if you don't do the work, Sadly, like me, you will get sucked into another narcissist. And again, based on my story, I sucked in a, a, a much worse person, someone that was much more destructive. And um, if you don't do the work and you've got that story of, oh, I was betrayed, I was cheated on, all of that stuff... If you don't do the work, you're going to hook another narcissist. So you have to learn this lesson before you go out there. So let yourself have time to heal. Mm. And it's obvious you've done the work because look at what you've been able to create. And there's no way you could have created this had you not done the work because now you're coming from a place of wisdom, true strength. And, and uh, I'm sure everybody feels that. Where do we learn more about you? Where do we go? Um, my website is NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. 
And um, there you can download one of these red flag checklists or see where you are from victim to survivor to survivor. Oh, I feel this. So, oh, I'm still in this, but I want to achieve that. We have blogs from people from all over the world and um, really helpful information that's going to help you identify them. And this year we're moving towards... Um, teaching people a lot more about how to heal. I've got a boundary course on there and there's just so much out there. So visit my website. You'll be able to find links to my YouTube channel. And if people are really in need of support, um, I have a Facebook group, which you can link from the website as well. And there's about 6,000 people in there that understand what you're going through. Wow. So, I mean, this is so helpful because this is something that now, now that we understand it, you know, I'm, I always say we can't change what we're not aware of. So you're not crazy. You're not alone. This is very real. Uh, and it's not you. So get the support that you need. And, and Tracy is one of those people who can absolutely help you understand what narcissistic abuse is and and more importantly how to heal from it. Tracy, I want to thank you so much for your time. I know you helped so many people on uh, w- with what you shared. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Wow, Tracy shared so much insight into what a narcissist does from the love bombing to how they need narcissistic supply and that they truly lack the ability to be empathetic. So while it's obvious for us to know how painful a harmful action would be to someone else, and that's why we don't do it, the narcissist doesn't have the ability or really the interest in preventing someone else's pain. Stay in touch with Tracy by going to NarcissistAbuseSupport.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes over at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. First, I loved that Brene Brown quote that Tracy mentioned. Don't share your shame story with, with people who haven't earned the right to hear it. And yes, we want to share and be vulnerable. We want to trust someone we're interested in. But these things take time and don't rush into it because if you do, you may be preventing your own healing. You know, you may be thinking that a new relationship will fix what needs healing, but without doing the work, a narcissist will sniff that out in a minute. Don't just get educated by reading up on a bunch of things either. Do whatever you need to do to reset your boundaries, realize how worthy and deserving you you are or whatever you need to do so you're not a narcissist magnet. <laughs> and here's a gift from me because this stuff is hard. Head over to pbtinstitute.com and receive my gift of how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give tools, information, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough. Breakthrough.